of all, I am so sorry about the delay in me uploading this. Um, yeah, my aim is to upload them every second Wednesday, which I will be doing from now on. I will be. I just had an absolutely crazy month, so I took a break off, but we are back. And I'm excited about being back. Um, but yeah, first of all, massive thank you to all the support. It means so much to me. And um, yeah, I'm really enjoying doing these. So I hope you guys like today's episode. I've actually really wanted to do this one from the start because a lot of the messages I get, um, I get a lot of messages from people who are struggling mentally, but a lot of them are from people who live or love or date someone who is struggling with their mental health and they aren't quite sure how to navigate that which I totally get. It is hard. Like we aren't taught in school how to help people who are struggling with their mental health. Um, it's just kind of something we have to figure out as we go. And it can be a really scary situation to navigate. And even more so if you have never experienced mental health issues yourself. Um, oh, and then it's even harder if the person you love it, and the person you're like with is struggling, but they're refusing help. That is so hard. Uh, I've been on both sides of the coin. So my last relationship, I, for the first half, I was the person caring for my partner. He had a lot of, um, he had, yeah, a few mental health issues and he struggled a lot. And then towards the end of our relationship, it took a big turn and I started experiencing a decline in my mental health. Both are so hard, but watching someone you love suffer and then refuse help and they take it out in you and they withdraw completely and they change as a person is literally the most helpless I've ever felt in my life. Um, super heartbreaking. And it, it, yeah, it impacts you forever. I will forever be a different person because I watched someone I love go through that. So if you are going through that, oh my God, my heart goes out to you. Honestly, it is so hard. You have to be there and be a pillar of strength for your partner Oh, and then you have to look after your own mental health and you're navigating how to help them and you're setting boundaries. That was probably the hardest thing I really struggled with because like I never knew where to draw the line and what boundaries to set. And it was really hard and I was quite young as well. So like I would like say if he did something that was a bit shitty, he was never, oh, don't get me wrong, he's absolute legend, nothing ever bad. But if he did something a little bit shitty and it was clear that it was due to his mental health, I never knew where to be like, do not do that and like like stand my ground or be like, it's okay, all good, I know you're struggling. I never knew where to draw that line and literally before I responded to so many things in our relationship, I would sit there and have a half an hour debate in my mind where if I was going to draw the line there or if I was going to let this one slide. It's really hard. Super frustrating if they don't want to get help as well. And God, like... You're never, ever going to make any sense of it. If you have never experienced mental health issues, it is so hard to try and understand what they're going through. Um, yeah, it's an invisible illness, which makes it even harder to grasp. But um, yeah, something I've learned is really not to take things personally. Like I was watching this TikTok and oh my God, it was so sad. Um, basically, it was this lady and she had a daughter and um, her husband had passed away due to suicide. He had some pretty bad depression and he... Um, as a result of that, suffered from, um, yeah, some drug addiction. But anyway, basically, to cut it short, he was really bad. She stood by him and then he got better. And life was so good. Like, amazing kid, amazing businesses. They were so, 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 so happy. 
And then out of nowhere, he just spiraled again. And before she knew it, he, um, yeah, unfortunately took his own life. And in the video at the end, she was like, why? I just do not get it. We were so happy. Everything was perfect. And I just felt for her so much because there is no why. Sometimes like there's obviously situational depression and anxiety, but most of the time the person suffering has no idea why. And trust me, they would stop it if they could. I know I would. Um, yeah, I know I would love to not feel like this and would take back the impact it's had on my relationships. But anyway, we're here now. Um, but yeah, so I've had some of my happiest days, like the most fucking great, like so much fun. And then by night time, be at my lowest and just wanting it to all end. It makes zero sense. So it's really, really, really hard, but try not to take it personally. I know the thoughts. It's like, what am I doing wrong? Am I not enough? Don't I make you happy? Why do I make you so miserable? God, like we're in a happy relationship. Like you just, you cannot make any sense of it. And it's really hard not to think it's you and take it personally. But um, it's super important for self-reflection. So obviously like self-reflect, is there anything that you're doing that's not helping the situation? Um, so like, am I maybe, am I maybe not being empathetic enough or am I not trying to understand enough? Am I not doing enough research? Like the self-reflection is so important, but don't take their mental illness as a personal attack. Um, it's not about you. Yes, your needs are important, just as important. Um, but yeah, instead of um, taking it as a personal attack, concentrate your energy on supporting them in the ways that they need to be supported. Yeah, the guilt of having a mental illness is already hard enough. You don't need your loved ones making you feel worse about it. Um, but yeah, so like loving someone with a mental illness is so hard. You have to balance supporting them whilst having your own boundaries and looking after your own mental health. And you definitely can't fill up anyone else's cup while yours is half empty. Yeah, so obviously that just means looking after yourself so you can look after them. But um, yeah, I know this sounds so cliche, 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 but open, honest communication is one of the most important aspects of getting through this. You won't get through it without open, honest communication from both parties. I know how hard it is, but you need to go to your loved one ready to have open conversations and ready to listen to what they have to say. And if a loved one comes to you, try your hardest to communicate openly with them. Um, yeah, like I know it's hard when you're down or anxious and you can't even understand why, like what, why you're going through it. Like there'll be that many times my partner would come to me and be like, what's wrong? And I just, I don't know, nothing. When there clearly was something, but I just literally had no idea. Like I can't even make sense of it in my own mind. How am I supposed to tell you? So I, in the end, I found it was helpful instead of saying, I don't know, and being dismissive, saying something along the lines of, I can't pinpoint exactly what is making me feel down. There's nothing you can do to help. Or if there is, explain what that is. Like, I don't know, give me a hug. Pick up the kids today. I don't know. Um, yeah, so explain if there's something here. Or like, I just need a hug. You don't need to fix me. You just need to hold me. Or um, yeah, just tell them what you want. People you love will want to fix you. But if that's not what you want, just explain that to them. Because I found a lot of the time it was so much easier just to say, I don't know, nothing's wrong. Because if I did say something's wrong, they would like they would try and fix and fix and fix and fix and be like, oh, like just do this, just do that, just do this. Like, what about this? And it's like, that's great. And that's I know that it's because they love me and they want to help me. But it has its place. Sometimes there was nothing anyone could do. I literally just wanted a hug and some attention or just to, you know, like, 
yeah, it's it's really hard because I feel for the loved ones because you don't need they don't know how to navigate it, but they can't read your mind, so you've got to have to tell them if there's something they can do to help. Let them know if there's nothing. Just say I'm sorry. There's nothing right now. Or I'm just trying to ride the wave. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a place for them to give recommendations and help you and fix you and stuff. But you just got to tell them when, when, when to do that, when not to do that. Um, but yeah, so like I did some polls and question boxes on my Instagram and I split it into two sections. The first half was for people suffering and no, the first, sorry, the first half was for people who love someone who's suffering. And the second half was for people who are suffering. Like I said, I've been on both sides of the coin. Um, so I'll speak from my perspective and just remember these are just like my opinions, what I've gone through. Everyone will be so different. But yeah, I can just only speak on my reality and my experiences. But I'll share the results anonymously. So we had about 500 participants. So thank you so much to everyone that participated. I really appreciate it. By you participating and sharing your stories, you're helping more people than you know. So firstly, we're just going to discuss the people who, who has loved ones who are suffering. Again, I feel for you guys. It's fucking hard. Hardest thing I've ever done. Changed me for life. Um, definitely made me an empathetic person, but yeah, wow. Um, yeah, so one of the things I struggled with being in this position, and I don't think there is a magical answer or equation, but like I said before, finding that line between being empathetic and understanding and then helping your loved one while still keeping your boundaries. So one thing I wish I had done back then um, was research more and learn more about um, what he was going through so that I could be a little bit more understanding because I just didn't get it. So that's one thing I definitely wish I'd done more, but we live and we learn. Um, I, but I think it's a really good skill is to um, have boundaries with communication. So, so for example, if they come home in a shitty mood for the 80th time this week, I know how frustrating that is. And just snapping at them and being like, oh, like, fuck's sake, like, you know, why can't you just be happy or why can't we go for a walk or because I know I know you want to do that. I know it's frustrating, but um, telling them that how it's impacting you and setting that boundary, but coming from a place of empathy can really help. So saying like, I know you're struggling right now. Is there anything I can do? I've got your back. Please, like, tell me if I can help. Um, yeah, things like that. Saying you are loved. I'll support you. Um, yeah, having that empathy can really help. Obviously in saying this as well, you need to have your own boundaries and every situation is different. Like don't let them, God, don't let them bloody have an affair on you and be like, oh, it's all good. He, he has struggling. He's got the blood, you know, like have, have your own boundaries as well. And obviously every situation is different, but yeah, I find those things can definitely help. So results are as follows from about 500 people. About 67% of voters said that their loved ones were not being treated for their mental health problems, which does not surprise me at all. Uh, I thought that was actually going to be higher. So kudos to the people that are. And um, yeah, if your partner is not being treated, I know like frustrating that can be. And all I can suggest is just softly and slowly reassuring them and just trying to convince them to seek help. Um, I know men struggle a lot, especially we've just come out of um, Movember, but men obviously have a stigma that they have to stand up against every single day. So it's very hard for them to admit they've got a problem and really hard for them to seek help. But yeah, so just your reassurance that it's going to be okay. Go and get help. 
But yeah, you can take a horse to water, guys, but you can't make a drink. Hopefully one day they just wake up and want to get the help like I did and like my partner did, my ex did. Um, but yeah, just keep at it. So 63% said they do not feel equipped to help most of the time, which again does not surprise me. It's a very hard thing to navigate. And all I can say is research, communication, and some good listening skills. Um, then 72% said it takes a toll on their relationship. That makes me so sad. I think one of the major reasons my last relationship was ended was because of my mental health and his mental health. So yeah, I'm feeling for you guys. It's such a hard thing. And like, if you um, have a partner who has mental health struggles and it's not taking an impact on your relationship, you should be very, very proud because that's a very hard thing. And um, yeah, if you, if, if you are one of those people that voted, no, it doesn't take a toll, send me a message and let me know your tips. Um, 46% said their partner does open up, which is good. Feel for the people again where their partners aren't opening up because you can't do anything if they're just going to not talk to you at all. Um, except just be supportive and remind them that they're loved and just keep at it until hopefully they do open up. And then 76% said they find it hard to help. Yeah, and that makes it's even harder if your partner doesn't open up because you don't know what they need. And that's why it's so important guys if you are struggling to try and let people in because you can't you you don't have to beat this on your own it's so much oh god I can't even imagine like trying to get through this if I didn't have any support and I know it's like so hard to like be vulnerable and let people in like I struggle with it so hard I just like cannot be bothered talking about it it's such a drag sometimes but I as soon as I open up I'm like okay I'm glad I did that because what's the saying I'm so bad with sayings what's the saying a problem a problem shared is a problem halved. Lame, but so true. And then 64% said they find it hard to understand what that person's going through. Yeah. Um, so then I did some question boxes. I'll read those. So the first question was, if you live with someone or love someone who is struggling with their mental health, what do you find most difficult? Some of the answers were communication. Um hard to help them find positives trying to sell uh, trying to help someone who doesn't think they have an illness very hard we'll discuss them after but yeah that one's really hard mood changes takes a lot to level and calm out oh, yep not pushing them which is a big one um and this person actually sent a suggestion instead of pushing them maybe come from the angle what can we do together which i really like um, emotional regulation, recklessness, impulsiveness, black, white thinking. God. Yeah. Um, telling them they are great and appreciated and they just don't believe you. Yep. When they feel worthless, it's so hard to watch someone you love feel worthless because you know how amazing they are and they just can't bloody see it. Um, the f when they don't open up to their friends and family, they want help. They say they want help and to open up but they never ever do anything to help themselves. Again, mood changes. When for us, normal things or issues that we deal with normally could be a major struggle for someone with an illness and it's just hard to get your head around. And um, this person said their ex had bipolar and that was never a major issue. When they go quiet, it's the hardest though. Oh yeah. God, yeah. I can really relate to that one. 
um, this person lived with an, um, their ex who hated his bipolar diagnosis, so he wouldn't do anything about it, just ignored it. And bipolar is one of those things that just doesn't go away. You can't just like, I don't know, eat well and go for a run. God, that don't get me wrong, that really helps. But yeah, you need to be, you need to be getting some professional help. Um, yeah, again, like the toughest part, this person says, is finding the balance between giving space and supporting them. Um, help. This person says helping them see they have a condition. And they need professional help, not just from me, which is another big thing as well. Like you can only do so much. We are not trained psychologists or psychiatrists. There's only so many times we can tell you we love you and you're great and let's go get coffee or whatever. There's only so much you can do. There's a point where they're going to need professional help and you shouldn't have to take that on as well. Um, and this person said a really good point. It's too easy to assume they interpret things the same way you do. That is such a good point. Like that happened a lot. That's happened a lot with me. Like I would interpret, I find that people with bipolar can be like super sensitive and we really take things to heart and we feel our emotions so deeply. So for my partner who was like a little bit more black and white, something could happen and I would feel those emotions really deeply and he would just be like, everything's all good. Where it's just like, that's, yeah. So just difference. I totally get that. Um, helplessness. Um, helping them find ways to express how they're feeling, opening up, um, getting them to say, yes, please, I need help, trying to make them feel better about themselves, their complete shutdown of emotions. So yeah, that, that question was, what do you struggle with the most? And they are all like the most valid responses. And I can guarantee you there will be so many other people listening to that being like, oh my God, I relate to that so much. And I find it really helps like, hearing this because it's like <laughs> I'm not the only one that is struggling with this so um, at the at the end I'm going to uh, list some ways to get past this and things to overcome it so I'll just read out the responses first and I'm sure we can all sit here and go oh my god yes that yes that yes that and at the at the end we're gonna I'm gonna list some ways that you can help with that and yeah move past it but like this one here, I'm quickly just going to comment on the emotional regulation and recklessness, impulsiveness. I can obviously see it from both sides because if your partner is being reckless and impulsive, that is so frustrating to watch because it's just like, what are you doing? But then I've been that person as well and you just have no control over it. Um, so I really do feel for you. It is hard. And one thing that... um helps me is that when I am in that kind of hypermanic stage and I'm being really impulsive and reckless just making sure that the people around me are kind of aware of it like not taking my credit card out or um, not making big life decisions if you've got a loved one going through that just ensuring that they're not drinking they're not doing drugs um, which is easier said than done because I don't like being told what to do when I'm like that do it in a way that's not controlling but a a place, if you come from a place of empathy and understanding, you've got a better chance of them listening to you. Um, so it's not like, well, you're not doing this tonight because I'd be like, absolutely, I'm going to do that. More of like, hey, like I'm really worried about you, Tyler. Um, do you think we could go to the movies and grab dinner together instead of you going out drinking tonight? And then just seeing how they respond from that because one thing I really start, struggled with was being controlled. Um, it's the last thing I want to be um, want to happen when I'm feeling like that. So yeah, again, fine line, 
but coming from a place of empathy and understanding instead of control can really help. Um, yeah, so the next question that we're going to read out the answers for is what have you found helps? And I really liked these responses because I'm sure there'll be a lot of people listening that need to hear this. So um, written communications. I really liked this response because I know how hard it is to sit there next to your partner and try and speak about your emotions. So if you can't do that, written is such a good way. Write letters to each other. Um, it takes away the awkwardness and I find because you're writing, you can think about your responses a little bit more instead of just word vomiting like I do. Um, another good one. So activities, beach, surfing, bike rides, anything to get them outside. Because obviously when you are feeling a little bit of depression, all you want to do is lay in your bed and do nothing. So yeah, trying to get them up out of the house is a really good one. This, I like this one too. Open communication, honesty, no judgment, therapy, taking your meds, exercise and less alcohol. Seriously, that is like, in an ideal world, that is perfect. That is the exact recipe to healing. Um, yeah, communication, honesty, no judgment, therapy, medication, exercise and less alcohol. If we could all do that, it would make everything so much easier. Especially um, the, the no judgment one. Um, I, I struggle to like open up sometimes because I feel like I'm going to be like judged. Um, yeah, and the therapy one, like, oh my God, one thing I used to find so stressful is when I used to go to my psych. Obviously, they're fucking expensive. You get your free sessions, well, your subsidized sessions from the government, but still there's a little bit of a gap you have to pay sometime. So if your partner is spending a little bit of money on a psych, please like some really good advice is do not make them feel guilty about spending that money um yeah I used to feel so guilty about seeing a psych because the amount of money I was spending on it but yeah so yeah no judgment's a good one um this person said a lot of reading and listening to podcasts that related to the reasons why he was depressed okay amazing I can just fucking if oh my god we went back like three years and um, like I'm partly to blame because I never, ever opened up about it. But if the people in my life, you know what, actually, like I never, ever opened up about it. So I couldn't even really expect them to do this. But if they had been able to read my mind and if they had read up on bipolar and um, had taken the time to understand why I react in certain ways, it would have taken so much stress off my shoulders because... Like my, my parents are great now. They do research and they're like, okay, Tyler's acting like this today because she's probably feeling like this. So instead of being like, Tyler, what the fuck are you doing? They really like come from a place of understanding because they've educated themselves. And um, yeah, because like when you're suffering, it's like you just feel like no one fucking gets what you're going through and no one understands it. It's so hard. And then you're trying to like fight your own demons and then trying to explain to your loved ones why you're acting a certain way. And like, oh God, it would just be so much easier if they just did their research and just tried to understand without you having to be Google. So I really like that one. Um, another one is talking, talking the episodes out and making her feel safe and open with me. I love that. Another one is physical validation, closeness, um, 
mindfulness therapist. I think that's a good one. And like that touches on your love languages and stuff. If um, I won't get too deep into it because I would be here all day, but find out your partner's love languages. Like for example, I love physical touch. So I, when I'm down, I need physical touch. Whereas someone's whose love language is um, like acts of service when they're down, they might want you to clean the dishes, you know? So just knowing what the other person's love languages can really help. Um, oh, I love this one. Straight up asking, what do you need from me today? Again, no one can read minds. So straight up ask, what do you need from me today? Is this, Do you need me to fight the world or do you just need a hug? Do you need the dishes done or do you need me to tell you I love you? Straight up asking can really help. Um, another good one is more of like the physical side of things. So like making sure they're staying on top of their self-care and their hygiene, like showering, make sure they're showering and cleaning and not living in a dirty cluttered space can really help making sure they're taking their meds showing them they're not alone and patience that's a really good one patience you have to have a lot of patience um now this answer i really liked as well diving deep into my own mental health issues so that i could understand and control myself better to help her which i really really like because you can't help someone if you're struggling as well so work on yourself work on both of yourselves together and if um you are struggling go and see a therapist yourself because that can really help um yeah another really good one distraction getting them out of the house taking care of the physical so making them have a shower making them a tea but yeah seriously everyone that sent in those I really appreciate that because I'm sure that'll help a lot of people out there um I even got a lot out of those ones that was really helpful but yeah it's um it's yeah it's a path it's hard to navigate and you just have to see what works for you and keep at it um so the next question we're going to talk about the next question was um what would make it easier dating living with someone who has a mental illness like what would make it easier on you we got some really good responses um so them willing to help themselves yeah that's a big one again you can take a horse to water but you can't make a drink um this person said don't completely let your life be regulated by someone's illness your me time is really important i totally agree with that it's like coming back to having your own boundaries and giving and supporting them, but looking after yourself as well, which I wish I did a lot more of because I didn't. And I grew to really resent him because I lost uh, due to my own fault because I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't have boundaries, but I, I felt like I lost a lot of years. Um, so yeah, I grew to resent as well. So it's super important for the relationship for you to look after yourself and have your own me time. Um, this person said increased mental health services would really help. I totally agree. And like we are so lucky in Australia um, that we do get the 10, they've just increased it to 20 subsidized sessions from the government, but it's still expensive. And when you're in remote areas like the goldfields, it's really, really hard. Um, if you are in an area where you don't have the services, reach out to um, people in the big city, some sites in the big city, because a lot of the time they will do it via Zoom if you need it. Um, so yeah keep at it and there's a lot of online websites and podcasts and books but I totally know what you're saying reducing the stigma would help oh my god yes it helps so much god and like okay this is like I'm I don't want to go on a rampage here in a little rant but 
even like toxic masculinity has such a big impact on this because because of toxic masculinity that's why men don't feel comfortable opening up and crying and talking about their feelings and stuff so really working on that um men and women working on that and calling people out and educating will help a lot because that will help break the stigma that men can't talk about their feelings like i was at the pub the other day right and um we're talking about how they just had their first year celebrations blah 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 and the guy was like oh yep got kicked out of the man's club because i cried because i was so happy and i was like oh my god no (laughs) like see there's that stigma and that toxic masculinity i was like no you didn't get kicked out of the man's club because you cried you got like don't don't think like that like it's a good thing to be vulnerable like vulnerability strengthens relationships you cannot have strong relationships whether they're platonic or not platonic without vulnerability um sorry where am i at um this person's from the states and they said the waiting list is a year long there and i feel for you guys that's fucking hard i guess like if you're on a year waiting list to get some mental health help um yeah the best you can do is educate yourself online and there's so many forums and youtubes and podcasts but i'm sending you lots of love because that's a very long time to wait for help um this person said communication would help definitely support and education understanding what they are feeling and being supportive um this person said a do and don't for people who have to support their loved ones i'm going to do that at the end i actually talk about that because there was things that i did that i thought were helping and i can just tell you now they were not and there's things that people in my life have um done to like for me that they would have done with love and they would have had the best intentions but it has the opposite effect so again i'll list those um social acceptance would help a lot totally agree um, trying to understand their coping strat- strategies and mechanisms so you can help implement them. Amazing. Yeah, understanding their triggers is a big one. Um, yeah, it's hard. It is hard, isn't it? All right, so the next one is um, I've got people to answer it if they are suffering. So they said 75% of you said that their loved ones were not equipped to help. I think there's such a lapse in our education system. I would love to go around to schools and talk to teenagers, talk to high school students about how to help when they have a loved one suffering, how to navigate that, the do's and the don'ts. And if you are suffering, what you can do, there's like, like I never learned, I don't know what school's like now. I've been out of school for eight years, but like I never learned that in school. I don't know how people like are expected to know this shit. Um, 46% said they aren't supported which is super sad. I'm really feeling for you guys. Like I couldn't imagine going through this without like a support system. Um, But yeah, trust me, even if when it doesn't feel like it, there is people out there that want to help. There's um, so many online websites and places you can text and call and reach out. Um, Yeah, I I promise there will be people that care. 88% said it takes a toll on their relationship. Totally feel that. And then 56% said their partner does not educate themselves. Yeah, God, I like, with my ex, I would like, would I beg him just to educate himself on it? And it was probably like a really hard time for him and I really feel for him. But yeah, I can imagine if he had educated himself on bipolar and why I act a certain way. 
um, God, I'm not trying to drag him. Like he was struggling as well. It was a really hard time. But like if he had educated himself on why I act a certain way because of my mental illness, it would have taken so much less of a toll in our relationship because like even friendships, not just relationships, my friends are so good. Like they educate themselves about bipolar. So when I'm doing things and they're like, what the fuck is she doing? They can be like, okay, no, she's having an episode or, or like Tyler hasn't reached out in a couple of days. Maybe she's feeling a bit low. I'll message her. I'll send her some flowers. I'll send her a photo. So by them educating themselves and them understanding me, I feel more supported. I feel like they care enough to try and understand what I'm going through. And that is one of the best feelings ever. Feeling like the people around you care enough to educate themselves and to support you is such a good feeling. Um, yeah, and then I just said at the end, like, um, do you have anything else to add? Someone said the stuff is confronting, but they, they're engaging to grow. So honestly, hats off to you. Yeah, if you guys are like even just listening to this podcast, it means that you want to help. So you guys are doing a great job. Um, someone else said, I've got PTSD and anxiety. Learning more of why I do what I do has helped. Digging deep into childhood trauma. Oh, yeah. Digging into childhood trauma, um, shadow work, understanding why you react to certain situations. Like a good one for me, right? It's like, I just like, it's a bad habit. It's a bad trait. This is one of my bad traits. I hate being told what to do. Like not even like on a work scale, just like if we're driving along and someone says like, oh, you have to turn left up here. And I'm like, I fucking know I have to turn left up here. I go this way every single day. It's like a trigger for me. And I've worked out, I like dug deep into why that irritates me so much. And it's probably because I've spent my whole life um, working like a male dominated industry and have constantly had my knowledge questioned and my worth questioned. So now I feel like I've got something to prove always. So as soon as someone like questions my abilities, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I don't need, I've got this. I can do this on my own. So yeah, but as soon as I started to dig into that and understand why I react a certain way, it helped me to change my reactions. So now when someone tells me what to do, instead of snapping at them, I go, okay, Tyler, that irritated you because of this. That's not their fault. You don't need to snap at them. That helped a lot. Um, this one's, this one's, yeah, this one, this person said trying to date when you have issues, which lowers your self-esteem. Oh yeah. It's like really hard to navigate, isn't it? Because also like, I feel like when I meet someone new, I just want to be like, hi, I'm Tyler. I have bipolar. Sorry. (laughs) Like, I just want to tell them straight away, give them a heads up that they're in for a ride. Um, but yeah, the, the, the lower self-esteem thing I feel for you because it makes everything harder when you have low confidence it does make everything harder. So I can just suggest, um, God, it's such a path, but self-love, I know that's easy to say, but yeah, really working on loving yourself and backing yourself and going to therapy and working on that. Um, yeah, because if you don't back yourself, no one else is going to. So confidence is really important and it takes a long time, but yeah, it can definitely improve. Um, this person said how to navigate telling the person for the first time that you have a mental illness. Yes. Um, I, I actually am the opposite of that. I'm an oversharer. So I will meet someone um, at the bar and I'll be like, hi, yeah, like, welcome, I'm so drive bipolar. So like, I feel like I have to shout it off the rooftops just so everyone's well aware that if I start acting crazy, that's why. But I can imagine if you weren't an oversharing extrovert to Sagittarius like I am, it would be really hard. Um, but my biggest bit of advice is, If you open up to someone and tell them, someone new and tell them that you have a mental illness or you're struggling, 
and they make you feel stupid or they don't validate that and they react in a bad way um don't put yourself like don't put yourself through it like you don't you don't need like you don't need that in your life and they're probably showing their true colors so don't take that personally what i'm trying to say is do not take that personally that's a reflection of them and not of you that's seriously them being ignorant or uneducated or having no empathy so you really need to try not to take that on board as a personal attack because it's got nothing to do with you them you it's got everything to do with them and a reflection of their their knowledge and insecurities and ignorance so but yeah all right so what is next on the agenda so i know i've just read out a bunch of numbers and a bunch of questions and blabbled on for like what half an hour now but we're actually going to start reading out some do's and don'ts and how to navigate all of this um the first thing i want to say on this is this is just coming from my experience um which will be different to everyone's but this is what's helped me when i'm in a bad headspace and i'm fighting my demons i can become extremely irritated and snappy which i'm not like normally an irritated and snappy person but when i've got like a fight going on in my mind i can't handle external cues very well and i get overwhelmed and everything is so irritating and i just need to live in like a quiet white room <laughs> so when i am being unusually snappy or on edge and very sensitive i get extremely sensitive um in my opinion the worst thing you can do is say things like wow you're snappy wow what is up with you lighten up and take a joke don't take things so personally and if people are saying that that just comes down to them not being educated but yeah if i am like unusually sensitive or on edge or snappy and someone says that to me it just triggers me inside because it's like you don't fucking get what i'm going through right now i'm trying to fight demons in my own head i don't need you adding extra stress um but i can understand why people say that because it's just like lighten up just like <laughs> which is like yeah Anyway, um, I remember this one time I had woken up and the intrusive thoughts started straight away. Like, oh, they were so bad and it was like a war zone in my mind. Um, so I had to go to work and like they would just not, they just wouldn't shut up. They were so intrusive and so low and so horrible. So I'm fighting this fight in my head whilst trying to do my job. And I came home and cooked dinner and cleaned and went to netball training all whilst having this massive fight inside my head. It's like so exhausting. It is mentally so exhausting. But to an outsider, it looks like, oh, Tyler's just woken up, gone to work, done a normal routine. It's like invisible. They can't see that. So um, I'm trying to keep my mind calm. And then I was cleaning the kitchen and my ex dropped a pan loudly in the sink, which would normally never be an issue. But I just couldn't mentally deal with it. It was it was like the, what's that saying? Like the needle and the hay on the back or something of a camel? I fucked that up. <laughs> it was like the hay, the bit of hay that broke the camel's back. And I snapped. Badly. Um, I was just like, what the fuck? Be fucking careful. Why would you do that? Which is a horrible way to speak to your partner. Horrible. And for him, he would have just been like, what on earth is your issue? Like, can you imagine if you're just like my dream business and you accidentally drop a plate and your partner like bites your head off? But in my mind, my mind could not deal with that. I'd just been like trying to fight a demon all day and then that just set me off. So he bit back and he was like, what the fuck? Don't fucking speak to me like that, which 
I get. And then it all set off from there. So there was a full-on screaming match. Um, Yeah, like in hindsight, I should have, as soon as he'd come home, I should have said, heads up, um, I'm having a bad day. My mind is not in a good way. And I should have just communicated with him because that would have stopped the whole fight. And I could have, I should have just said to him, I just need some space today. I just need to be left alone or I just need a hug. Um, I'm sorry if I'm irritated. It's just, it's, yeah, it's not a good day. But on his end, it would have been huge for me if he had responded differently. So instead of him biting back, maybe if he had just gone, wow, that's not like her to respond like that. Why would she respond like that? Like if he had just turned around and said, Tyler, like, are you okay? Like, you don't seem like yourself or Tyler, that was really out of the ordinary for you. Like what's going on? If he had just done that, oh my God, I can guarantee I probably would have broken down in tears and be like, I'm so sorry. Like I'm just really struggling. Or if it really upset him and he couldn't bear say that, walk away, let me calm down, let him calm down and then come back to me later and said like, I don't appreciate being spoken to like that, Tyler. Is there a reason you're a bit on edge? And I would have been like, yeah, that was shitty of me. Um, I am just fucking not with it. So yeah, laps on both ends, definitely a learning curve. Um, yeah, like, like in saying that though, like I don't want to like excuse abusive behavior. So this is just from my experience. I was not abusive towards him. That was very out of character. It was not happening a lot. Oh, for a while there, I was, I was pretty moody for a while, but um, no one ever asked me if I was okay. Like I was probably, there was probably six months where I was just a moody bitch because I was struggling so hard mentally. And I take a blame for that because I never reached out and I never told anyone what was going on. But no one ever asked if I was okay. It was always just like, why the, like what? Like you are so moody, stop being so sensitive. Oh my God, Tyler, I walk, walk on eggshells around you. Like, yeah, maybe if someone just asked if I was okay. I don't know if I would have opened up. Anyway, laps on my end, learning curve. Again, we don't know how to navigate these things. Um, yeah. So here are some things that you can do if you have a loved one that is struggling. Encourage treatment. People with depression may not recognize or acknowledge that they are depressed. They might not, may not be able to be aware of the signs and symptoms. Um, so if your partner's acting differently, like, you know, they're having trouble thinking, concentrating, f- feelings of worthlessness, guilt, slowed speaking, anxiety, changes of appetite, changes of sleeping, those kind of things. Maybe um, just start the conversation. Um, a lot of time people feel ashamed about their depression and mistakenly believe that they should be able to o- overcome it with willpower and being mentally strong. Like Another thing is you aren't mentally weak if you've got depression. Weak and strong is not something that comes into it. It's not like you're weak if you break, break a leg. You don't have weak bones. Just means you fell. So, um, but yeah, talking to the person, you've noticed they've had some changes, you're a little bit concerned. Explain that depression is a medical condition, not a flaw or a weakness, and it gets better. Please reassure them that it gets better. Because when I'm bad, I'm like, I will be like this for life. So just reassuring them that there is a light at the end of the t- tunnel. Ride the wave, it gets better. Um, suggest seeking professional help. That's a huge one. Please, like, just keep suggesting it. Not in a, like, not in a dismissive way, like, oh, I can't fucking help you. You need real help. But in an empathetic way, like, hey, like, I know you're really struggling. I think it would really help if you saw a psych. I'll help you book the appointment. 
offer to help prepare a list of questions to discuss on the initial appointment. So um, if you're in Australia, get them to a GP and literally guys, all you have to tell your GP is, hey, I'm feeling very sad. I want to see a psych. That GP will write you a referral straight away. One thing that I've been noticing lately, which I need to do some more research on and it's like kind of concerning to me is that I've had friends go to GPs and be like, I'm sad. And the GP is just handing them like antidepressants. Like, I think that is insane. So really try and get your partner to see the GP and get the GP to give you a referral to a psych. GPs are not trained psychologists or psychiatrists. The fact that they just hand out medication all the time is like insane to me. So really get your partner to see a GP and tell the GP you want a referral to a psych. The GP can't tell you no. You need to get that referral to a psych. Because sometimes medication is antidepressants like... They have their place, but they're not going to be enough. Like you might need to speak to a psych about childhood trauma or um, there's so many different types of therapy out there that just isn't drugs that you might need. Like you might tell the GP that you're feeling sad. They hand you some antidepressants, but it's actually because you went through a really traumatic thing as a child that you haven't like processed yet. So yeah, get, get to a psych, these GPs, you know, anyway. And then express your willingness to help and tell them you've got their back. Set up appointments, go along with them, you know, things like that. And then identifying warning signs of worsening depression. So again, educate yourself so you know what the warning signs are. Um, yeah, understanding the suicide risk is a big one. So this is like if, obviously, if it's a um, yeah serious situation, People with depression are at an increased risk of suicide. So if your loved one is depressed, prepare yourself for the possibility that they may feel suicidal at some point. So educate yourselves on that and take the signs seriously and act immediately. So if you're noticing things are worsening, take action. So talk to the person about your concern, seek help. Go to that person's doctor, their mental health provider, anyone. Go to family members, um, Obviously, that's a tricky one if they don't, if their family members don't know. But like at the end of the day, if you really think their life is at risk, you've got to do that. You call a suicide hotline. Um, Google them for whatever state you're in or country you're in. Um, make sure that person is in a safe environment. So eliminate things like if you can in a non-controlling way, alcohol and drugs. Um, just like really try and make sure they're not in situations that could worsen what's already bad. Um, but yeah. Like if someone, like some of the warning signs for suicide is if they're talking about suicide. So if they're making statements such as, oh, I, I wish I wasn't around or, or it'd be easier if I just wasn't here or I feel worthless. I wish I hadn't been born. It could be a major cry for help. Um, If they're stockpiling pills, like this is like the bad end of the spectrum, but like it can change to this. Well, I know from personal experience, I went from, feeling pretty happy to suicidal within the space of 24 hours. And like, I took a really bad turn and no one really knew about it. Um, and the, like, this was, this is a while ago now, but um, like a couple of years or like a year ago, it happened for the first time. And I just, I was quite isolated and like, no one really knew the warning signs and yeah. So like, um, but if they're withdrawing from social contact and want to be left alone all the time, having mood swings, um, 
if they're preoccupied with like dying, if they're talking about it a lot, if they're talking about how they feel hopeless and trapped, if they're increasing their use of alcohol or drugs, their normal routine has changed, including eating and sleeping patterns. If they're do- This is a big one. If they're doing risky or self-destructive things, such as recklessly using drugs or driving or getting lots of speeding fines or not giving a fuck, not paying their bills, not paying their parking fines, things that are just so reckless, like acting in a way they don't really care what happens tomorrow. That's a big one. Um, yeah. So like, and like another one is developing personality changes um, or being severely anxious or agitated, particularly when experience some of the warning signs listed above. But yeah, there's some of the signs to look out for. And um, if you notice them, definitely act on it because, um, yeah, it's a scary, it's a scary thing. So we've got to take it seriously. Um, yes, yeah, so the next thing is providing support. So encouraging sticking with their treatment. Be willing to listen. Giving positive reinforcement. Offering assistance. Help create a low-stress environment. So, you know, regulating the chaos at home. Um, maybe if they're doing too many things, suggesting that they, like for me, I get worse when I'm overdoing things. So like I've got a million things on every week. I'm starting a million businesses. I'm doing a million things at once. So maybe for me personally, that would be cutting back and saying no some more. Um, make plans together. Um, encouraging them going out with their friends. Things like that. Um, And what you can do for yourself to look after yourself because you are just as important. Learn about the mental illness so you understand why why they're acting like that. Take care of yourself. Um, Yeah, supporting someone with a mental health is fucking hard. Um, If you need a break, ask others, relatives, friends for help so you don't burn out. Um, Yeah, and just be patient. Things get better. Depression, anxiety, all those types of things improve with treatment, but it'll take time. Finding the best treatment may require trying more than one type of medication or treatment approach. Um, Yeah, for some people, symptoms improve quickly. Others, it'll take longer. A big one as well, if they go see a psych and hate it, please encourage them to see another one. It took me like how many, like three or four to find one I actually liked, which can be really off-putting. So yeah, encourage them if they don't like the first one, just keep trying. Um, but yeah, listening to them, helping them find support is a big one. Um, yeah. All right, guys, I've, um, coming to an end. Uh, Um, but yeah, I just want to add like, if like a lot of people want to help, but don't know how. So if a loved one is coming to you and they want to help throw them a bone, throw them a bone it's hard but the more you do it the easier it gets you don't have to live going through this and um yeah not by yourself either it gets it gets easier if you work at it my biggest regret is not doing something earlier I'll never get back those years or those relationships back that I lost but I can't control my future um so like for the people that are struggling I, I read I read this in a book and it says um, some things aren't your fault, but it is your responsibility to react to them. And we, we have a choice how we react to things. So, yeah, it's not my fault that I have bipolar, but it is my responsibility to react to it and to deal with it. 
and it's my responsibility to, well, yeah, like I have to react to it in some way. It's my choice how I react to that. It's my choice if I do nothing about it or if it's my choice I do something about it. I think it's it's out of the book, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, and they gave a good example in there. And it's like, if someone drops a newborn baby on your doorstep, it's not your fault the newborn baby's there, but it's your responsibility to deal with that newborn baby now. I know it's harsh. And trust me, I get it. Like when you're really low and the last thing you want to do is do something about it. Because I don't know like if anyone else can relate to this, but my mind is was so comfortable in that feeling. It feels like home. Like it's, it's kind of wild to like say like right now because I'm in a good headspace. But um, it's easy to stay in that sadness. It's so easy to be comfortable in the sadness and stay there and just not be bothered doing anything about it. Especially if you think it's never going to go away. Um, but yeah, trust me, it's worth it's worth it. So keep working at it. Keep working at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So like to summarize, if you have a loved one that's struggling, communicate, educate yourself, set boundaries, have self-care, come from a place of empathy and not judgment and be patient. And um, if you are the one struggling and you have people reaching out to you, to them, um, get them to educate themselves, open up to them, communicate what you need from them, be patient with them as well. Um, Yeah. But I hope that helped, guys. I don't know if it did help. I hope it did. Um, Yeah. One more thing I wanted to add is, like, I know this is so easy for me to say, and it's hard to hear, but sometimes you have to pr- stop projecting your issues onto the people you love and seek professional help. So it doesn't mean that you're a burden on them. It just means that they can't always take the weight off your shoulders. Like it's great to have them there as support, but there's a point that comes that you need to start doing something for yourself. Don't project your shit onto them and work through it because there's only so much that they can do. But yeah, hope that helped, guys. Um, please, if you are struggling, Lifeline Australia, their phone number is 13 11 14. Help is available. You can speak with a counsellor today. Reach out to them. It's anonymous. And if you are just that low and you have no one around you, reach out. And then we have Beyond Blue, which is an amazing organisation. Head to their website. There's so many tips and tricks. Um, another one that I really like is... Um, Suicide Call Back Service. So it's a mental health counselling and suicide service. Um, But yeah, these websites are great because they offer education for people that are struggling and education for the people who are helping people who are struggling. So if you guys want to do some reading, I would go listen, go search those up. But um, again, thank you for listening, guys. If you have any suggestions, anything you want to add or say, send me a message on our Instagram, which is let's unpack that. And if you want to follow, that would be really greatly appreciated. And I love you all. Chat soon. Bye.